0: Please listen carefully. Welcome to Christians in the Public Square with your hosts, Cole Bennett and Scott Self. What a
1: great question. Should Christians even vote? This sort of picks up where we left off last time where we asked the question, um, to what degree should Christians and the state overlap, or desire to overlap, or desire to be participatory one with another?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, when we think about the challenge of having the church and the state combined, you know, we kind of explore where that comes from and what some of the – even early on, what some of the challenges for that were in the in the fourth century. And, um, you know, I think one of the – it's fair to ask if – there are problems with the church being involved in the state should the church be entirely separate from the state and you know you i want to come back to that you mentioned where jesus says uh to the disciples you know whose face is on the coin um and then says render under caesar what is caesar's so there is kind of this language of give this back to the state because that's your job? Or is he just saying that this is an irrelevant conversation in light of the kingdom? I mean, clearly, you don't walk away from that passage thinking, I guess I'm not going to pay taxes, right? Right. Um, Or at least that Jesus isn't telling me not to pay taxes. But what is he trying to tell us? And so, and, and especially for those of us who live in a democracy, it's one thing to hear that kind of conversation happen in an authoritarian setting, but what about those of us who have an opportunity to have a voice in the public square, uh, to have some participation in, in a distributed form of power, like we have in a in a re- Not a democracy, but a republic. A representative Uh, republic. republic. I
1: wasn't going to correct you on this podcast, (laughs) but we live in a very specialized flavor of democracy, that of a representative republic, which is different from whoever has the most votes on any subject wins.
0: Right. Yeah. But I do have a voice. You do have a voice. And one of the ways I have a voice is with my my voting lever. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of things that we like to keep in mind when we're uh, having these conversations. So... um, Cole, what does it mean when we say sacred cows make great barbecue?
1: That means we scoff at, quote, unquote, orthodoxy.
0: Whenever we please.
1: Whenever we please.
0: Number two, let your flag fly proudly.
1: That's right. So whatever I hold to is dear, I'm happy to
0: talk about it. All right. And bros before politicos.
1: (laughs) That's my favorite one.
0: We're brothers first and everything else is just details. That's right. Uh, So let me just, let me put it out there as kind of a thought experiment. In let's imagine that there is no sense of civic responsibility as a Christian, should you vote.
1: No, and let me just make sure I understand, no sense of civic responsibility to the secular state where you find yourself.
0: That's a really good point.
1: Yeah, because I'm going to talk about different allegiances to different states Okay. as I try to answer. And I want to also start by saying I get asked this question a lot. Uh, Scott and I work on a university campus, and we we talk a, to a lot of different people with a lot of different political views about the appropriate role for a Christian with the secular state. And it almost immediately becomes concrete. I'll, and one of the questions that it immediately comes to is, well, do you even vote? Mm-hmm. Should you vote? Or don't you think Christians should vote this way on this current Uh, topic or this current bill that's being put, or even locally on this referendum, Mm -hmm. don't you think Christians should vote this way? And that is a – it's deceptively concrete because I want to immediately move to larger discussions about coercion sure when you're talking about voting and and it just
0: gets boiled down to the aughts very quickly does not it
1: very quickly so let me start by reading a little uh, excerpt a very small excerpt from a book called a brief Hi- history of citizenship by derek heater and we'll put a link up to that and this is even in the introduction so um derek heater himself wants to try to take a stab at this This is the definition he gives. Citizenship defines the relationship of the individual not to another individual or a group, but to the idea of the state. So he wants to draw a distinction between the relationship of the individual not to another individual, as in the case with the feudal, monarchical, or tyrannical system, and not between an individual and a group, as with nationhood, but between the individual and the idea of a state. So, the reason that is important to me is because I consider myself a a bound, willing, happy citizen to the kingdom of God. I have duties to discharge. I have... Uh, I'm happy to embrace the parameters of that kingdom. I have read what I believe to be are the rules of that kingdom. And I am a joyous, happy citizen who wants to do well and who feels poorly about myself whenever I don't do well. So it makes that parable that we mentioned last week and a moment ago, not parable, pericope, Mm -hmm. um, a little more poignant when Jesus says – To a question that I believe I would have asked if I were Christ's apostle is, do we have to – are we supposed to be part of this secular, coercive state to pay taxes for things that we don't often believe in? Wouldn't it have been great if Jesus would have said, oh, well, of course not. Try to run away and hide your money and to – always think about your resources in this way. But instead, his answer, which I'm sure can be interpreted many ways, and I'm probably interpreting it with my own flavor, is is pretty interesting of you give to the state what's the state, and they're going to do with it what they're going to do with it because you are a member of a different state, specifically the kingdom of God, and those priorities come first. So – Back to your question, in 2018, what is my duty as a Christian who is also, to some degree, a citizen of this state, of this county, of this nation, should I vote? So you want my answer?
0: (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) Could I have had it a hundred words ago? We'll be back
1: after this brief message. (laughs) I feel that... In order for me to prioritize my sense of citizenship to the kingdom of God, I want to do anything I can at the voting booth to de-emphasize the coercive power of the state on me and on other Christians. In order for me to f- uh, fully I- embrace my duties as a Christian, I need the least amount of interference. From the state. And so I don't want to vote uh, for policies that impede me. I don't want to have to take money that I could ordinarily do what I want with, including donate to charities I have vetted in my heart in order to pay for what someone in the government feels is necessary and charitable and philanthropic. And I could give lots of examples, but I, I don't think that's necessary. I want to vote In a way that makes the secular government's coercive powers as small as possible so that I can live my life as a Christian as fully as possible. So um, when the government decides to enact this or that policy that causes more and more of my earned income to go toward the government, then that means I can do less and less with my earned income. It doesn't stop me from being loving and polite to my neighbor and to try to take care of widows and orphans with my hands and with my uh, feet and going to visit people in prison and so forth. I don't want to indicate that that all requires money, but at some point, my resources are tapped out in ways that I could help people because those resources are being tied up in
0: massive government spending. So I'll stop there and let you... Comment. Well, I got two things. First of all, I think it is interesting that, you know, when you look at um, your description of Christ talking with his disciples, we choose to be a part of that kingdom. We elect, right? We respond to the call and we, t- uh, at least in, in, the, in the theology that you and I occupy, we respond to that call by our choice to that, to that election that God has offered and that citizenship that he's offered but we're choosing, whereas I did not choose to be born in this country. I did not choose to be born here as opposed to North Korea. So I don't really have much of a say in where my citizenship is. Um, I understand that to some degree our American uh, mythology suggests that to some degree I do have some say, but I didn't have a say on whether I'm an American or not right I do have a choice from whether i 'm a part of the kingdom of God I don't have a choice as if if I grew up in if I was born in North Korea i don't have a choice my citizenship is there so or, or my or the state is there you can still be a Christian in north Korea that's my question for you so I hear you um and I've heard this from time to time where you've described your politics as a means to an end, and that end being the opportunity to, to live out your Christianity as uh, as openly and as freely as possible. So that it makes helps you become a better Christian. And here's my question. Does that help you become a better Christian than you could if you lived in North Korea? To live in the United States. Does the, Does your ideal of the best form of the state where it provides ultimate freedom to the individual, does that make you the best Christian? Does it afford you the opportunity to be the best Christian? And in other words, is that something different than, are are you saying that a citizen of Cole Bennett's ideal state is a better Christian than a citizen of, a Christian citizen in North Korea? Because I have a problem with that.
1: Yeah, I I don't think that he or she is a Better Christian okay. m- more dear to God. Oh,
0: very good, okay.
1: In America versus North Korea. I think you know, we will be judged by our hearts and many different things when that day comes. So I don't think that an American Christian is more dear to God or is perhaps performing his Christianity in a more pleasing way to God. But you would
0: say you could have a bigger effect.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think my ability to love God and love my neighbor is far more plentiful in this country than in North Korea or uh, places that are hostile to Christianity. And I will say this, too, and and this is definitely a topic for another time, but I think the people who founded this country were leaving England – because of this reason they may it may not have been articulated in this way i don't uh, i'm not sure they were saying you know we want to more fully love god and love our neighbor but i think what they were saying is the combination of the church with the state is preventing us from living out our faith in ways that we deem appropriate and so we're leaving mm-hmm. and back then there was a place to leave and go mm-hmm. and anymore i'm not sure there is but but i do think When you have a country with a small secular state with narrow parameters to prevent harm construed narrowly, then you have people who can choose to live in many ways however they want. And if you're a Christian, you can live as a full Christian, a more, if I can say this, a more full, more fully realized Christian. And if you are a non-Christian, you can also live a a fully realized non-christian life in in the united states and if you are another religion another world religion you can live fully that way and that i think makes a lot of christians nervous
0: it makes me nervous so so (laughs) let me first say i disagree with you but let me also agree that let me point out what you're not saying because what you're not saying is that free christians are better than unfree christians well, right. better is a careful word. I know, So, but, you, but you're not saying right, that. Right, that's right, that's but right. What you are saying is that there might be some, if we could talk about it in terms of maybe Aristotle's definition of flourishing, right? I might have, my Christianity might be able to flourish better in one context than another. Was that, is that more fair yes, to and, your point of view?
1: and if your Christianity is dear to you, to you as a person, as an individual, then you can flourish more.
0: Right. Yes. I still disagree with that, but that is a different thing than... than um, the thing I think both of us would disagree with, which is that a, a Christian in North Korea is not, doing, is not able to do a good job of being a Christian because they're in North Korea. They may not be able to flourish in some ways that we would like for them to be able to flourish. But Yes, a, right. a
1: Christian in North Korea can still love God and love his neighbor as best as he can, given his situation. Okay. So tell me where you disagree so I'll understand.
0: I think the reason the, – the biggest challenge I have with what you're describing is it is an ontological view of Christian flourishing, where I think that Christian flourishing is expressed within the virtues, not within the outcomes. I don't need the state to give me liberty to love my neighbor. It might be that the state gives me some opportunity to have more cash in the bank, so I can express it in some ways different than another. But that those are actually virtues, and the state has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on how I choose to express my virtues. I can—I um, mean, this is this is uh, this is something that, in its, its extreme, Viktor Frankl discovers in the concentration camp that I can be. Uh, someone can tell me when I have to go to the bathroom and when I can't go to the bathroom. They can tell me when I have to work, when I get to sleep, when I get to eat. They can tell uh, that I, I can live under an authoritarian structure that completely defines every function of my, of my body and of myself. And yet I still choose how to live there. And that choice is an ultimate kind of freedom. It's where, this, is a kind of exis, this is a kind of existential freedom it doesn't matter to me at all what the state says. I am free. I am existentially free. I'm eternally free. And I have some opinions about what the state does because I think that it affects my neighbor in certain ways that I would like to see my neighbor liberated from. But it has no bearing upon my Christianity whatsoever. So there is a difference because I don't care what the state is. I don't care at all. I'm free. Okay,
1: can I respond to that? Sure. I, I almost don't want to interrupt that because I think it's very beautiful. And <laughs> I, No, no, I really do. <laughs> and so naive. No, it's not. <laughs> As you said, it's a very existential expression of your dedication to a different plane of existence, which is what I think in many ways we're called to be, although those words aren't in the... Bible, you're looking at me funny. So. No, I'm not. I'm okay. not. I'm thinking while so I, you're talking. I think it's beautiful. I, I want to... I always look this way. You do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're saying, um, and you use the word ontological, and I will use the word consequential.
0: That's a better term. I,
1: well, they're both, I think, accurate. I just... A lot of people look at me funny if I start saying deontological and ontological. Uh, I think your person in a prison camp situation can still have a heart for God and be pleasing to God given those parameters. Period. No, no, however. When we're told this is what it means to be a Christian, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, semicolon. And love your neighbor as yourself. And here's what I mean once there was a Samaritan. Mm. Okay. So when I'm going through my life, I see the people on the road. And I, I think that we are called to care uh, for those people who are on the road more than to – I think we are called when we see people on the road to do more than love God. And I think we have oh, yeah. more ability to help people on the road to, as James says, take care of the widows and orphans in their distress whenever we can generate the means to help them and then help them. And I think in my lifetime, I have seen the United States government not at all prevent me from loving God, but absolutely get its hands all over me when I'm trying to love my neighbor as myself.
0: Absolutely, and I know that about you. That you that that at the end of the day, your concern is that you can actually harm people. You can do the state can do harm, absolutely. And one of the ways that you believe the state does harm is not by merely taking Cole's money, although that is a harm as well. But then um, harming others by redistributing the wealth disincentivizing work disincentivizing um, per individual freedoms and and liberty and flourishing yes yeah so that's that's entirely fair I mean I don't agree with it but it's entirely fair I bet you agree with part of it though <laughs> I do and 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 you have heard me say I I will have to admit that when the state does try to um, Mitigate poverty, it does so in ways that I do have to agree. Historically, have um, have been harmful. That is a mechanical argument. To me, that's not a virtue argument. That's a me- that's what what levers are being pulled, what wheels are turning, what works, what doesn't work. That is a mechanical argument, not a virtue argument.
1: Is that because you believe that the government should have a role in helping people and that we just need to get the mechanics right? Is that what you're saying?
0: Um no, I I will I will confess. I think I've confessed this in private, <laughs> I'll confess it in public. <laughs> that I think the church the church defined by Christ, the church could do a better job is the only place where um, for example charity happens in a in a restorative way, mm-hmm. if we choose to do it in a restorative way. But we have the secret sauce to do it, <laughs> and that the state doesn't. Um, but absent the, absent the church's work uh, or the church's ability um, to do that restorative work, we're left with nothing other than the state. So I, uh, I would like the state to do a better job. Ideally, if you had your way and the church did do their job, That would probably be better, as long as they did their job the right way. So why do you then... Those are all abstracts, aren't they? Well, no, I have a very specific question
1: then. Why would a person who feels like you do feel that it's more important then to engage the state than to persuade your fellow Christians to behave better?
0: Oh, I don't think that's more important. Okay. I think my first responsibility is to the church... Listen... The reason I sit down with you on these over these microphones is not because I like you so much, because I can talk to you outside of this. <laughs> That's my whole reason for this is I think it's imperative that the church do a better job of citizenship. Then why engage the state if if the because church? the because meanwhile children are starving until we get our act together. As when I say we, being the church, and the church being defined by the body of Christ, not by. Any, right right but once we have that established um if we were doing our work and we were restoring the poor i i can say that i could easily turn to Colin and say then you get whatever you want <laughs> in terms of liberty yeah but meanwhile um uh, children are starving we haven't gotten our act together as as the church and so the state does need to do it and i'm i'm I am, you're darn tootin'. I'm gonna pull the lever for somebody who's gonna, t- or for rules that take care of children. And I'm going to also say at the same time, what a shame that I had to do this because my brothers and sisters together, we've not yet figured out how to do this.
1: Okay, and so children are starving because the church can't quite get it right. So let's make sure we have cash for clunkers. Let's make sure we ship crates of bills to Iran. Let's make sure we increase the military by exponential amounts for no reason that we can see. Let's make sure that we um, have the general accounting office go on a team building exercise to Las Vegas for $980,000. Pulling the levers for the state, to me, hardly ever feeds children. And – the, the problem is I, I so am one with you with your k- anger that children are, are, are hungry, but that anger to me has no business turning toward the state. It's to turn to the children first and then to my church second and then third to try to get
0: people to stop engaging the state to fix the problem. No, I, that's a wonderful dream. <laughs> it's just a wonderful dream. And I, and I think you, you could point out to all of the abuses, and those are real, and I can't argue them away. I just do happen to, I mean, you know, when I visit my wife's classroom, I'm also seeing the state doing its job in a Head Start campus. So it's not what you've described are not definitive. They're descriptive, but they're not definitive of what government does. Okay, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> yeah, I, wanna talk yeah, I about think we do the re- need to save it. I, I want to talk about the research about Head Start one day. Oh, one day we will. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you saw haven't answered my question. Okay. Do you vote?
1: I, I go to the polls when I go to the polls, and I vote for candidates whom I, who I feel will do the most to
0: shrink the state. Okay. So if I were a candidate, yes. would you vote for me? I would have to read your platform. It's okay for you to say no. You're not going to vote for me. i have to read your platform. Oh, you're, but you know my platform.
1: As a socialist. Yes. I would not vote for you.
0: Now, uh, isn't that a shame because aren't we brothers? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're, we're brothers, but we have different ideas of what this
0: – So the just state. because I have a C next to my exactly. name is not for you a compelling
1: – Right, and we're getting into how my parents used to always talk about vote for the best person – and if that person is a Christian, he's he
0: he, he always is he. probably
1: yeah. the better candidate. Uh-huh. And I grew up hearing that, and I have come to, to feel differently.
0: You know, you always imagine what happened if I accidentally got elected president, which <laughs> a is never going to happen. And B, if that happened, would Cole ever come to visit me at the White House? Because I don't know – you know, uh, I, I'm sure you would come to visit, but you wouldn't take a job. Because you know I'm interested in something that's very different than what you're interested in,
1: I think that's why I would move into the White House and I would be a a gadfly. That's right. (laughs) Just to say, stop doing that. You
0: know you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Everything you do is wrong. (laughs) Um, No, no, this is what's interesting because uh, there is – and I've been in the same boat where – you know, we've always talked about, oh, we're just gonna. What we need to do is get a lot of Christians into office, mm. and getting a lot of Christians into office will get us somewhere. So I also vote. I'm a, I'm a pretty frequent voter. I try not to miss even small. We've got one going on right now. I try not to miss our small elections. Right, and I take that part of my citizenship pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. But um you know what sometimes I vote for people that I believe are terrible as people. Oh yes. Yeah. Terrible people. And it's not because they are uh, democrats that they that, that's not what defines them as terrible people. Sometimes I vote for terrible terrible people. I'll tell you that in the last presidential election I had four terrible options. <laughs> It was just the worst. And I and I voted for somebody, and I wasn't happy about having to do that. So, um, uh, and I know a lot of other people did too, and they might have voted for somebody else and, and felt like they had terrible choices that they had to make. I understand that, and I, I embrace that as a, a frustration of my citizenship, but I don't baptize my decision as evidence that, well, if – you know, this must be God's choice, or this must be what God really would like. I can I can have those as two very separate things. It scares me sometimes, because we come from a tradition, and I think evangelicalism writ large has assumed, no, Christianity and good citizenship, they are absolutely the same thing. Mm-hmm. Christianity and a good state are absolutely the same thing.
1: And I think they draw a lot from the, the- theocratic writings of the Bible when they to understand that through scripture
0: yeah some of them do I mean so'll we'll, we'll, we'll use this uh, in a future podcast, but David Lipscomb uh, you know he spends a lot of time in the Old Testament yes before making his argument that the church should have nothing to do with the state whatsoever <laughs> so it is interesting that even as he's describing a theocracy he's setting up an argument that says and therefore we should not be a part of the state.
1: Yes, and I've had interesting discussions with Christians about um, immigration and immigration reform. Mm -hmm. And they have come at me with, hey, there is a stranger knocking at the door, and they are quoting Old Testament passages to say to me, why aren't you trying to get the state to behave this way? And that's a non starter with me because we're not a theocracy. And to the degree that I let Christians or I let strangers come into my life in the through the door, through my private personal life, to me, that's when I need to consult what I should do in scripture in the Old Testament and how God viewed hospitality and so forth. But that does not extend to me to how the state should coerce people.
0: It makes sense in the kingdom of coal, but it doesn't make sense in the in defining the king, the, the United States of America.
1: I am but a serf in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, you know, I'm whatever the lowest plebe. A plebe. I'm a plebe, and <laughs> and I need to think about how God views hospitality. But that's different. And I want st- to uh, say something really quickly. What you said about what you said a moment ago. You went into the booth and had bad choices, and you you didn't feel like a good
0: citizen. Is that what you
1: said? Like
0: I didn't feel good about my citizenship uh, right. in the last presidential election, and what this, which it, in case you're listening, this in 2016.
1: Uh, right, right. I think what this election helped me see and punctuated for me is with all these bad choices that we felt just not too good about unless we wanted to write someone in. It just punctuated the fact that you can't rely on the state to get the work done that you feel is most important in your life. And that's that's coming from people who were really happy about the last election and our last president and about people who were unhappy with our last president – and tried to compare him to previous presidents whom they felt really good about, because as people began to compare and contrast the actual policies that these men put into place, both Christians and non-Christians alike were saying, you know, our wishes really weren't realized with any of these presidents. And I think that that's the point. I think that is the utter point of we're not going to have our faith enacted via the state, no matter who is up there.
0: Well, I would be really, really happy if that was what I heard in the in the market of evangelicalism, but that is not what I hear.
1: Yes, and talk about that, because I don't think it's the whole market, but I do think it is a, a substantial segment. So what do you
0: mean? There's no way that what I'm about to say can define every Christian or every evangelical. I'm a Christian evangelical, <laughs> so obviously I'm not a part of that. Right. And I think it's entirely fair for you to s- suggest that there are folks like me who were really excited about Obama's presidency. I was very happy with it from the beginning all the way through. I I had my frustrations, but those frustrations were, um, they were minimal in comparison to what your frustrations were. Right. Yes. So I guess it wouldn't be a surprise that in an era of, uh, president Trump, that's, I'm not happy. And I think the assumption that a lot of people would make is I'm not happy because of Donald Trump. And that would potentially be true, but I'm really frustrated by the ways that I think um, Donald Trump has exposed evangelicalism for what it is. Mm. When a guy can stand up and say, you know what it says in 2 Corinthians, and there are a whole bunch of people who are just all in a shiver (laughs) because – They have a president who said something that that somehow made them feel like their faith was no longer under attack. Um, So Franklin Graham, for example, said, well, we know that Donald Trump was God's choice because there's no other way that this guy would have been elected without God's support. I mean, look at how look at his uh, problems all the way through the election. Obviously, he couldn't have been elected if it wasn't that God had somehow reached out and brought us Donald Trump. That sickens me not because I ended up with Donald Trump as my president, although that will keep me awake some nights. That's not what sickens me. What sickens me is that Christians have sold our birthright for a bowl of soup, and that frustrates me immensely because that's where we start losing our witness. We we have changed what Christianity is away from some sense that um, its purpose is f- for me to love god and love my neighbor and and create change in the world around because because I belong to him and and it's turned into something where it's cultural and it ratifies my biases and my choices it it confirms whatever whatever knee jerk reactions i have to th- it everything is justified because it is christian that sickens me that sickens me as a citizen of the kingdom, as a man who chooses to be a part of God's kingdom, that sickens me. So I want to
1: be clear, because Franklin Graham, who, who to many people represents your kingdom, large amounts people. of people, mm-hmm. um, his rhetoric was a rhetoric that was trucking with power. That's what sickens you, yes?
0: What trucking with power does to, to the, the body of Christ – is what really – it's the damage that it does.
1: Okay, so harm. let me ask you a follow-up question. And this is something we've talked about before, I think you'll remember. Does it give you the same amount of grief and rattle your soul the way that you are passionately discussing it now for Barack Obama to say, we need to pass the Affordable Health Health Care Act because we are our brother's keeper? Does it give you the same amount of heartburn?
0: No. It does not give me the same amount of heartburn insofar as you're talking about Barack Obama speaking. Using warrants. Using I don't yeah, Christian using our warrants. Using Christian warrants. Yes. That is no more or no less offensive than Donald Trump using our Christian warrants. That's
1: what I'm asking. Yeah. Is is it is it no less offensive that this man in power whom you liked for other reasons?
0: Right. Would use Christian warrants to sell a policy. Right. I'm not I'm I'm not down with it. Okay. I'm not happy with it. The sacred words of my faith are not to be used in vain. I really do think this is what God means in the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Do not take my name in vain. Yeah. It doesn't mean don't say the G O D word or the G D word, <laughs> right? But what it actually means is don't call out my authority for your own vanity. Yeah, that's good. So that's yeah, important. I'm I'm disgusted when Donald Trump has done it. I'm disgusted when Barack Obama has done it. I've been disgusted when other presidents have done it. I will say that um, I understand that I have a, an opinion about this stuff that maybe not everyone else shares, <laughs> right? Right. So I get it, and I got it when I, I didn't. it didn't bother me nearly as much when Obama did it. It didn't bother me as much when George Bush did it. I figured these are people who think that's their their role, is to bring their faith into – apparently, we've acted that way, where we've kind of suggested that their faith is a part of this, right? Mm-hmm. Or else, why are we talking about Reverend Wright? Right, right. Their faith is a part of this, or else, why are we talking about whether George Bush goes to church or not? Exactly. Or which church? Or which church, <laughs> right. right? So. The the electorate has somehow communicated that this is a part of the thing. And so it hasn't disgusted me nearly as much as I think what Donald Trump represents is kind of the extreme emptiness, the straw man that we've always rolled our eyes and said, that's a straw man argument. Here's the straw man. Yeah,
1: that's really well put. Right. Yeah.
0: So, um, but having said all that, that's not my concern. My concern is the body of Christ. and what harm we do to we we do to ourselves by trying to truck with power by assuming that our our work is done because we pulled the lever right so when we come back to the question should christians vote i'm like sure i do but please do not believe that you have done your duty to jesus because you punched you punched a ticket or you punched the right circle right. on the ticket that's right we're not done. <laughs> we have to get up. we have to walk out of the booth, and we have to go back to work right that's where I am. I don't know how, how does that you
1: no, know, I think you are articulating um, very much what I feel, and I have described it in this way before uh, i don't I don't think last week, but to you outside of the podcast where Imagine that I'm walking down the street and there are people that I meet whom I need to help, um, who I should help because I'm a Christian and they're my neighbor and I want to love them and they have needs, whether it's healthcare or food or shelter or whatever, uh, assuming a felt need that requires resources. Well, sometimes I can reach into my pocket and have things to help them with. Other times, my left arm is raised up to hold off the weight of the government as I try to help people, I still have to help. I'm still called upon to love my neighbor as myself. Sometimes the government leans in really heavily and I'm almost unable to walk down the street. And sometimes the government leans back and I'm able to walk much more easily and use my resources. But in either case, I am called upon to love my neighbor as myself. And I can do that much more easily when it's a small government who leans on me
0: less. I hear it. I mean, that's the libertarian's part of (laughs) me being a socialist libertarian is I do believe that when power is um, thrust upon us, that that limits are flourishing at some level. It's just that I have a different – we have different – Definitions of who the power is and who is included in those structures, but and what we ought to do about it.
1: And I, I want to say too, I realize, um, I think libertarian Christian overlap is growing at the moment, but I realize it's still small. Um, I, I listen. I have other friends, and I listen to other lectures and so forth by people who, who are thinking this way more often, but it's still small and. I guess I would sum it up by saying, as a libertarian, when I see, when I see someone who has a need, um, that offers me a chance to persuade other Christians and other people to help. It doesn't offer me the opportunity to coerce others to help, period.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying is that some of the things we've talked about so far, that Christianity is not is in its purest form is not coercive. right. Okay.
1: It offers me a chance to persuade. If I see an orphanage that needs money, I can give money. I can persuade my Christian f- friends to give money. I can persuade my civic organizations to give money. I should not put laws into place that force people to give money to an orphanage even if I believe in the cause strongly.
0: Before we close, I want to I want to stop here and note that I might vote for someone different than you vote for in any one election. But where I'm not comfortable is to say, I don't know how you can be a Christian and vote for who you voted for. And and so I want to make it clear that I understand how good people voted for Donald Trump. I get it. I I know some of them. I know many of them uh, who went in and said, I've got to do the best I can do here. And this is the best I can do. I get that. And I can... Especially when they are my brothers and sisters, I can join them after that Tuesday. I can join them in worship that next Sunday, and have, there's nothing between us. Mm-hmm. I get we're doing what we're doing the best we can possibly do. That is different than saying to uh, everyone around us here is a test of our brotherhood. Do you agree with me on gun control? Here is a test of our brotherhood. Do you agree with me that I shouldn't have to bake a cake for somebody who's gay? Do you agree with me X, Y, and Z? These are tests of our brotherhood. I am never comfortable with those because my brotherhood doesn't get tested that way. Right. It's not, it's not open to the state. It's not open to the conversations that are going on in the world around us. You cannot tell me that when I pulled the lever, I have completed my work for Jesus. I'll vote. But then I get back to work.
1: Right. Absolutely. Scott,
0: see you next week. All right, buddy. See (laughs) you.